Feeling uncertain about lending in 2023? Well, what if we could look ahead and prepare for challenges likely to come our way? In this week's episode of In Debt with Ulrika Lobo, we shine a light on forces that will shake up lending this year. It won't be smooth sailing. With the sting of high inflation and decade-high interest rates still front of mind. But there are opportunities for private lenders to flourish. Surging institutional investment activity and the retreat of banks open up new funding taps and thousands of estranged borrowers at a time when they need it most. Join us as we consider what it means to be a lender in uncertain times. So 2022 was the year the world economy buckled. A war in Europe, surging inflation and interest rates ascended to decade highs, and that's compounded the challenges of the pandemic. Our soaring post-lockdown recovery has been dented and credit markets are seizing up. The world economy is doing a cold plunge and it's absolutely feeling the freeze. Unfortunately, many of the uncertainties of last year have persisted, particularly inflation. Inflation has dominated the economic narrative of 2022 and shifted our relationship with monetary policy. The CPI increase of 7.8% for December was the highest since 1990, and 12 years of real wages growth are expected to be wiped out by 2024. By the end of this year, workers will be able to afford the same amount of goods and services as they did in December 2008, on average. This is a truly disastrous collapse of living standards, and it will have implications for lenders moving forward. Consistent price increases erode people's purchasing power, devalue their savings, and force people to cut back. This is because money earned presently will not grow as quickly as prices are rising, meaning people can afford less in the long term. You can think of inflation as an unavoidable X. You know the kind, prowling the supermarket aisles at suspicious hours, liking your Instagram posts late at night, and still messaging your mum long after you thought they'd be out of the picture. Well, the primary impact of inflation in the business world is on SMEs. Inflation squeezes people's budgets, removes a sense of certainty that curbs business investment, and eats away at demand. Once thriving businesses contend with a drop in sales and will be forced to cut their profit margins, scale back their operations, and delay planned expansions. This is why we're also seeing mass layoffs. This drives a capital retreat for lenders servicing business borrowers as their funds are not being mobilized. It's also a chicken and the egg situation. The banks are more cautious about lending in these times and increase their borrowing requirements when liquidity is most needed. But at the same time, business-focused lenders need to be cautious with their risk assessments and adjust their costings. It's important to provision for lower-than-usual business lending if your target borrowers are particularly affected. Private lenders should also expect a retreat in property investment activity as investors feel the rate squeeze. While there's always a cashed-up portion of the market, the majority of deals in the sub-$5 million space will be affected by the rate rises. High interest rates will weigh down the average investor, and those that push forward will be focusing on high-yield projects. For those servicing their interest, this will only make sense if there is a perfect strike in the negative gearing tax benefit. Higher interest repayments and retreating serviceability increases the opportunity cost on investing in projects and eats into previously healthy margins. With the cash rate at 3.35% and expected to rise, the ballooning cost of debt makes other financial instruments more attractive. 
For example, equities in energy and utility were especially strong in 2022, up 49% and 30% respectively. With company balance sheets in good shape, the ASX is providing a resilient market and commodities are storming ahead. Investors searching for high-yield returns may turn away from property and investment at this time. This also pushes up the cost of capital for the private lending sector. Now, rising interest rates aren't the only thing scaring away borrowers. Falling property values across Australia are a barrier to investors chasing their next property through capital gains over an existing one. Everyone has read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I think that's one of the main strategies. So while everyone knows to buy when prices are low, it's a different thing to actually commit to while property values are falling. Gain-forward investors will find themselves in a negative equity position for a few years until prices reach their trough and lift again. That could happen in 2024 or well beyond. It's a crystal ball guess. We all try to predict the market and call it a sense of comfort in reading the signs, but there are many variables. This uncertainty largely accounts for the 23% annual decline in the value of new loans to investors over the 12 months to November 2022. Looking at the number of investors who took out loans is a starker picture. From peak activity in March 2022, the number of investors has fallen from 21,663 to 16,251 in November. With this in mind, private lenders should shift their property focus to investors chasing a yield. Lenders should expect their loan books to grow slowly if they target the wrong kind of investor. However, a continuing property shortage and booming population growth have created excellent conditions for investors chasing yields. Private lenders should shift their messaging and pivot their product mix to appeal to more yield-hungry investors and businesses. Currently, there's a mismatch between supply and demand. There aren't enough investment properties on the market, and those that are available are getting nabbed quickly. Vacancy rates are below 1% in Perth and Brisbane, and below 1.4% in Sydney and Melbourne, indicating that yields still have room to climb. Furthermore, our current government's policy to increase the permanent migration cap to 195000 per year and the return of international students will inject the market with new demand. This supports an investment-friendly market. Declining property values and rising rents have meant growing yields, boosting cash flow for astute investors looking to enter the market in the next 12 months. Gross rental yields for units in Sydney are 23% higher than they were a year ago at 4.1%, while Melbourne unit yields are up 18% to 4.51%. How does this apply to private debt providers? Focus on fast processing and investors with good serviceability. Investors looking to rent out property care about the speed to market so they can acquire the right property and rent it out quickly. Private lenders also have to stay confident in their credit assessments. You want to ensure borrowers' serviceability is really strong so that falling valuations don't come back to bite you with skewed LVRs and lenders can weather the storm despite the fluctuations. While there are unrealized losses at play for the equity holders, lenders do have room to be flexible as property values have to drop by over 15% to create some cause for concern. Another trend affecting the private lending sector is the shift away from banks and a boom in institutional investment. Where the banks see risk and instability, institutional investors see growth and opportunity. Private lending in 2023 will be significantly shaped and backed 
by institutional investors and their lending parameters. Their huge capital stocks are opening up, creating new funding taps at a time when other capital providers are hesitant to commit. This paves the way for a dramatic expansion of private lenders' loan books as the SME funding gap widens. Rising interest rates and tightening bank parameters are driving many borrowers to non-bank funders, boosting returns for private debt investors. A faltering economy with high inflation and high rates will not dent private lending's soaring growth. In fact, conditions that will turn off the bank's funding taps will actually accelerate institutional investors' shift to private lending. Metrics credit partners increased their funds under management in private debt from $2.7 billion in 2018 to over $10 billion today. The Mercer Supertrust, which has $65 billion under management, is on track to push its private debt allocation to over $1 billion. And Aware Super invested a monster $2.2 billion in a syndicated debt deal. Institutional funding is at a tipping point and it signals that private debt has moved from fringe to mainstream. The industry is set to double in size by 2025 as more funds and large investors mobilize their capital into private debt. The private sector will continue to grow beyond 2025 too. As rates continue lifting, the returns institutional investors can achieve in private debt also rise. So the fortunes of private lending benefit from tightening of the banking sector, but are not constrained by the limitations placed on the banks. Now on to the banks. With more business pain to come with further rate rises, banks will be provisioning for greater losses and will hike up serviceability requirements. To get approved, borrowers will need to have cash flow buffers and debt-to-income ratios well above what they used to. Banks have always been more conservative than private lenders, so they will likely turn away many good buyers if they don't meet their tight criteria. This is the same situation where rates were low in some sense. Banks turn away good borrowers when money is cheap and when it is expensive. To justify the risk profile for a lower interest rate, cheap money means that banks can be extremely selective with borrowers. To justify a higher risk profile in a volatile and slowing economy, banks also have to be extremely selective with borrowers. This means that the flow of borrowers to the private lending sector will still be steady. This is especially true for SMEs who represent a crucial borrower class in Australia. The funding gap for SMEs widened to over $94 billion in 2021, making it abundantly clear that SMEs are getting left behind by the banks. This presents a strong opportunity for private debt. Private debt providers have always thrived in serving borrowers rejected by the banks, especially in Australia where our private debt market is largely dictated by what the banks don't touch. By welcoming SMEs and borrowers estranged by the banks, private lenders can generate strong returns now and into the future. Furthermore, many SMEs will be willing to pay more as it's their only access to additional funds. Meeting the SME funding gap is a crucial chance for private lending to differentiate itself from the banks and carve out its own space. To summarize, 2023 will be a challenging year but one of many opportunities. The sting of high inflation and high interest rates have sent borrowers on a roller coaster ride of uncertainty. This has caused new loan applications to fall and pinched private lenders with capital to mobilize. To respond to these conditions, you'll need to pivot, remain flexible, and look at the bigger picture. Cash flow has always been king, but it will stave off the unrealized losses along the way for business borrowers, and lenders will have to dance to this rhythm to truly support SMEs at this time. 
institutional investors remain willing to fund deals, and some investors, especially those chasing yields, are hungry to get into the market. Furthermore, the SMEs that can't get bank funding are a sure borrower class that will boost private lender returns in the long term. Adjusting your messaging and product mix as a private lender to target these class of borrowers will be crucial for expanding the loan books. No one has a crystal ball, but provisioning for the worst case scenario will put you in a prepared position to act quickly and make the best of the year ahead. Thank you for listening again to In Debt with Ulrika Lerbo. I hope you have a lovely weekend and I'll see you next week.